With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. your bi-weekly WNBA podcast brought to you by Sports Ethos and Outlet Pass. Just me and Krista here today. Krista, how are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm glad we were both off today. Yeah, it's nice <laughs> to just relax and kind of, it's it's really, really hot here. I don't know what's mm-hmm. really, really hot for you guys is, but it's like, it's like 82 here. So that's, <laughs> it's been a warm day, but definitely nice to kind of get out in the sun a little bit. Yeah, it's too much sun here. It's like nine, in the 90s, I think. Yeah, that's I, I I've been uncomfortable with this, so I can only imagine when it's like we, we don't usually hit nineties until like August. So yeah. I, I can imagine that's pretty uncomfortable. But um yeah, like I said, just the two of us today, we're gonna kinda get into uh the trends over the last week, everything going on with games. It we're hitting like the quarter season mark already, which is crazy. I'm I'm working on a, a piece for Outlet Pass where I'm doing like my quarter pool awards. Uh, just to kind of keep track of the award races and, and kind of also just like it, it's weird that we're already a fourth of the way through the season and kind of give credit to some of the trends that we saw already because there's a chance they won't be there at the end but um, th- there's been a lot of fun going on so far in the league and then later in the week we'll come back with Bailey will be back and we'll do like our, our, our one big topic later in the week so definitely look out for that but I'll, Chris I'll ask you what, did you what was what was something that you noticed over the last week that you kind of wanted to dig into um I noticed that a lot more people are supporting the dream, which I love. Um, it's easy to support a team that's that's winning. So so I, I'm just glad that more fans are coming over, even if they're fans from another team. So I like yeah, that. Yeah, it seems I, – I, what they had their – I think they said they had their third sellout of the season already this past yeah, weekend, which crazy. is awesome. Uh, they're definitely better than we expected. I, I think that they're also a ton of fun, which is part of it mm-hmm. too, right? It's not even yeah. just the winning. It's it, they seem like a blast to go support. So I, I've been happy to see that as well. With uh, who, who did they beat this weekend? Uh, it was Phoenix. Yeah, which not I'm, even just beat like yeah, yeah. Phoenix is so most of my notes actually for coming into like what I took away from the week was how wrong I already look about so many things from the preseason. I had Derek Fisher as my coach of the year, which, yikes. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Phoenix was going to be a title contender. Also, yikes. I, I thought that New York was going to be a playoff team, no doubt. No. Um, and here we are. <laughs> Obviously, it's a long season. Uh, Minnesota started off slow last year and then ended up at the four seed. But I, I think that no, like even even some of the more pessimistic, like you weren't exactly high on necessarily all of these teams, but there's no way that you thought at this point in the year, Phoenix, Minnesota, and New York would be the three bottom teams in the league. So 
I was unsure about Minnesota. Like I knew Sylvia Files was going to be Sylvia Files, but I was unsure about everything else. As far as Phoenix, I knew they would struggle and have to deal with things off the court concerning BG and their feelings and emotions about that. But I just didn't think that they would, they, they look like they don't even play together. Like, yeah, it's, it's very, I don't know. That's a whole another situation yeah and then new york i thought it'd be way better i did too we were really high on them i remember talking about them and i think and that's why i bring them up is because the season we thought that atlanta would be having right now is what i think both of us thought we would be seeing from new york not necessarily a contender but one of the more fun upbeat teams in the league something you can really see something building and especially with a new coach and internal development. And they've had injuries, but so has everybody else. And it's mm-hmm. one in seven is, is, is pretty atrocious. I, yes. I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of it. I can't believe they're, I, I didn't, I, you, if you had told me they were going to be fighting for a top four seed this year, while I would have been a little bit skeptical, I would have believed that far more than I would have the worst team in the league. And yeah. I don't see how they fix it. I don't know either because I think Sabrina's actually playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what needs to happen, but is is Didi back yet? No. I don't. Let me let me bring up. I'm bringing up just specifically for them. I mean, I don't know if she can turn around a season she has, <laughs> in her, yeah, no, in her right? sophomore year, she, but she, she can help. She has not. She did not play in the last week. Let's just look overall. I don't believe she's back yet. Yeah, no. Okay. So, so that's what it is, right? I mean, Benajah's only played four games, and Jocelyn Willoughby, who is important in their one win of the season, which again, crazy to say, their one win of the season. She was pretty important in that one win. Has only played four games. Dee Richards, I'm sorry, did play one game, but four minutes. Mm, okay. Like something's like it's it's kind of messy, and I don't really know what to expect going forward. Right? I think that obviously. Lainey is such an important part of this team, but her not being there should not completely sidetrack everything that they are doing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and like, Sabrina's the second leading rebounder on the team. She's leading the team in assists. She's third in points. Like, she's starting to figure it out to an extent, like you said. She's figuring it out after her third year. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's... I don't know. Like, I don't know if maybe we all just got caught up in the fact that they were recruiting these big names. So maybe they were farther along than they looked. And last year, while they were a playoff team and they were much better than the year before, they were still definitely a sub 500 team. So they could obviously get back to maybe the back end of the playoff picture, because it's not like, like right now, that's obviously we, we we've only played most teams have only played between eight and 10 games. The only team that hasn't actually is the sky so far, but I mean, they're the eight seed right now is the Sparks, who only have four wins. So it's not like they're completely out of it. And the Sparks have their own myriad of issues, whether it be Liz, who that's going to be our topic for later in the week, or Kennedy, or Derek Fisher, or what have you. There's, there's, they're messy as well. So it's like I, I think there is room for one of these, one of those three disappointing teams that I mentioned before: Phoenix, Minnesota, or New York, to get back into the playoffs. Because if, if right now. Los Angeles is holding that spot or 
Dallas, who looks better. I, I will give them that. I know that I said there was the embargo on their name before, but they, they looked in the game they won against Connecticut. The defense was was really impressive. The second outing was not as solid, but they're five and three. Obviously, not terrible. Them in the dream, I think, could slip a little bit. So it's not like the, these teams' season is over, but definitely a lot more negative than I thought we would be for them at this point in the year. For sure. I would definitely probably compare New York to like the Lakers. Like you can recruit all these big names and put them on a team, but they still have to to play and work out through injuries. Yeah. And you can miss the playoffs still in that. Well, right now they look more like they're contemporaries in their city in the in the Knicks in that they recruit all those names. None of them go there. And then <laughs> you have that big like whether it be the bing bong thing with the Knicks earlier this season, or like I said, the, the opening season win against Connecticut, where New York looked like they were clicking on all cylinders. They looked like they were mm-hmm. a dangerous team and they haven't won since. And like, it's, it's just, it's wild. I obviously, I think that th- like if someone signs there, that could change. I, but I, I think we've seen already that just being New York is not going to be a, a significant drawing factor for them to sign there, especially when, the team whose free agents they were most linked to, Seattle, that's somebody I wanted to talk about today who has looked so much better when, when obviously, I mean, this is one of the most obvious things someone can say, but when Brianna Stewart's on the court, this team looks really good. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that she was, has missed a couple games with COVID and things like that. Or like, I don't want to, I don't know if she, I can't remember if it came out that she had COVID or she was just out in health and safety protocols, but in her six games, they are five and one. And she's averaging 20.7 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, three assists and three steals. She's playing at an MVP level again. And I know coming into the season, that was one of the things that had me down on them was that, I mean, I think when healthy, she's fantastic. Will she be healthy? And so far, so good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know how you feel about Seattle generally. I know that your favorite player is there and it's not necessarily <laughs> living up to your expectations so far, but uh, do you have any other thoughts on Seattle? Yeah, I think, I think they're fine. I think they're like, I don't think they're the most fun team, but no. they are a winning team. So. Yeah. Um, what about your sky? Talk to me about your sky. I think that uh, the the question I had in the notes for how I wanted to ask this, uh, ask about the sky today actually was, is Chicago basically just doing exactly what they did last year, which is, kind of sort of struggling kind of sort of being average and then kind of just laying in wait do you think that's what it is or do you think there's something more wrong here no I don't think it's something more wrong I I think it's chemistry I think it's literally shooting ourselves in the foot (laughs) like there's we really should be undefeated like every every game that we lose is because of us like it says more that you know, we're falling out of these games by just little things like Vanderslew turning it over, quickly not hitting threes when she literally can hit anything in the world. Like Cobb just coming back from overseas and trying to jail and, you know, not being the focal point in the offense. So it's just like little things like that. So, yeah, which I'm not obviously, too worried. obviously that takes time, right? Cobb's only played three games so far. So I think give it time and she'll be able to figure it out because even though like they're mostly the same, you are still integrating a number of players, whether it be an increased role for Dana Evans or bringing in Emma Meesem in, or I don't know, like uh, I'm blanking on, on the rookie that's played Rebecca Gardner, who has, even though it's only nine minutes or sorry, uh, 
like tw- she's playing 20 about 20 minutes a game so like you're integrating that as well where she's been I think she's been one of the more fun stories to watch as a 31 year old rookie kind of really fit in immediately oh yeah she's definitely early rookie of the year contender yeah yeah she's definitely in the conversation which I don't think you would have said that before this like I don't think we I don't think we would have expected that before the season and some of that's because they've had to fill so many holes with people coming over later or injuries or whatever but they're fun I still think I, I think that I don't want to say sleeping giant or whatever, but I, I don't, like you said, I don't think that this is necessarily, I don't think their record is, their record is indicative of them being, I'm not going to fall for it again. I'm not going to say they're a 500 team <laughs> and, and they're going to lose in the first round. I'm just, I'm just not going to. Um, I think we have to talk about the aces. I know we talk about them every week, but I mean, they just, they just don't lose. So uh, the story of the week for the aces, honestly, was, uh, was or sorry, uh, Asia Wilson, I think, this week was her finally kind of like not that I she's ever really fallen out of the conversation but this was the week where she's like well you know what I it might be the MVP of the league again and I think that's worth talking about to me I, she wasn't the leading scorer for the team it was it was Kelsey Mitchell but or not Kelsey Mitchell sorry Kelsey Mitchell was the leading scorer in the league for for Vegas she was so she was second in the league in points and um over the course of the week she averaged 23 points 11 rebounds uh and she did that on while shooting 53% from the field. She's just, she's not attempting the three point of the amount of three pointers that some people in the league would like her to at this point. Cause it's still only about three and a half a game, but you know, her teammates are kind of helping out in that regard and, and picking up the slack in that. But what did you see? Like whether it be Asia or the aces as a whole, how do you feel about them as it seems like everything's kind of taking off immediately for them? For sure. I think when they, do the things that they're great at it works and then when they get away from it whether that be in the second quarter third fourth whatever you can see it kind of like okay you know what team is this is this really the aces so mm-hmm. i feel like once when when they do what they're good at then they're really unstoppable honestly yeah it's it's like eight and one is obviously insane that that like that's uh what that's there are the best team in the league right now they have by far the best not by far because i guess i I will give credit because there are two teams that are very far ahead in offensive rating they are but they are so they're the gap between them in third place is over eight points per 100 possessions that's a ridiculous figure and they're also post like they're holding teams to just 96 points per 100 possession so they're still a top tier defense while having i mean it's on track to be a historic offense so this is we kind of expected that I, I didn't expect the defense as we said before the season with all the the lack of size but so far it hasn't mattered they've just they're they're killing it rebounding and uh they're just shooting lights out whether it be Kelsey Plum or Asia or Jackie Young who's looked really good so far this season uh Dierka is still rebounding at a at a very high level so yeah but the fact that the two of them over the last and it's only two games right over the last week but uh both but Asia and and Hamby combined for uh, 21 and a half rebounds per game. Like that's absurd. That, that's it the kind is. of thing that it, it makes up for the lack of general, like traditional size. If they're going to just be able to be the best. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think this is anything crazy to say that they're the best rebounding duo right now. So I've been very impressed by them. They're the top two players in the league in rebounding. They're both, they're averaging 10 rebounds per game each actually. So, uh, which is absurd. It's 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 crazy to see. 
any but any other teams that you kind of wanted to touch on in regards to over the last week or just in general for this week? Uh, yeah, with the Sparks, um, Kennedy finally got her first start and had 20 points. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I know she's a polarizing player, but uh, when she gets minutes, she produces. It's it, 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 I think that talent is never going to be the question with her, right? Yeah, it was just the coach of the year was being weird with minutes. <laughs> I think that, and, and this is something that we'll get into uh, when we talk about Liz later in the week, but it, she's, it, it, she also rubs a lot of people the wrong way, it seems. She was the mm-hmm. one that uh, came out and said that we all stand with Liz, and that garnered some looks. I, like, I'm not saying she's right. Like, I mean, obviously, I understand supporting your teammate or whatever, but it's it's a weird time to be that vocal whenever I don't know that that's necessarily an opinion held by the rest. And then there was the moment that uh, where the, the Bailey shared with Twitter, where um, it looked like Simone Augustus was saying something about Kennedy Carter. So I don't know. I, I, I love Kennedy. I, I think she's one of my favorite players to watch. So I want her to figure it out, but I think that the talent, if talent outweighs everything, she's putting up a season so far, like whenever she gets opportunity. So it's obviously like skewed per minutes, but um She's a really impressive talent. I'm, I I hope that starting is more in her future because I think that that will bode well for LA. For sure. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're one of the most hard to predict teams just because, you know, Derek Fisher. Uh, one thing I did want to shout out, actually, and I think this is actually pretty impressive. Indiana. Uh, Melissa Smith is third or sorry, fourth in the league in rebounds. Hmm as a rookie that's just that that's crazy to me she's averaging 9.2 per game and her and queen have have been an, a very strong rebounding combination so far so i can't say i'm entirely surprised but the fact that that she's in like she's averaging more rebounds than candace parker or john quell jones so like or monique billings like like she's doing some very impressive things she's less than a rebound behind sylvia fowles it's awesome she is I don't, I don't think that she's necessarily going to get the rookie of the year love solely because i mean rebounding isn't exactly typically what gets you in that conversation but i think we i think i feel comfortable saying that i think indiana nailed that pick yeah for sure she fits with them and and ryan fits with atlanta yeah and i think that it's like as much as the, like there's a lot of talent in this team that i love like or sorry in this draft that i love but i think that what we're it, it to me it's there's one that was like the face of the franchise talent, right? I, I think at mm-hmm. this point, and if you're not going to get that, I think that finding somebody that has an elite skill is the next best thing. And yeah, if they're going to be middle of the pack to bad and you already have, I, I think that they've set themselves up well, that if they were to win the draft lottery in either of the next two seasons, they this class so far looks like they have something to put around a face of the franchise star that they would draft, right? Because I've, I've liked a lot what I've seen from, like I said, from the from Alyssa, from Queen. Emily Angsler is really tough. Uh, I, I really like watching her because she just, like, she has no give up. And, and, and the way, like, some of her perimeter defense and transition defense has been really impressive. Obviously, Destiny Henderson has been – she's she's – looked more comfortable leading the team at times than I thought she would. I, I don't think that that will be something that she's called on to do much because I, I just don't see her as something that someone that they're going to start all that regularly, at least this season, especially while they have like Daniel Robinson on, on the team. But I feel like, I think they, as much as we like to make fun of the fever, I think they nailed this draft class. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, they, they really set themselves up for the future and not just, like, this season. Yeah, and I think that's something that just needs to be as tough as it has been, especially with the draft and how so few draft picks actually make the league and, and things like that. I think it, it deserves a shout out whenever you see a team really like nail it. And I, I think that, like I said, we we can talk trash on Indiana. We will. That's what we do. We talk we, about the bad teams. We talk a lot of stuff, but they're a ton of fun, and I'm really happy about that. So. Uh, kind of looking ahead, what what are your and I'm I'm springing this question on you out of nowhere, so I understand if if maybe you have to take a bit to, to think about it. But since we're kind of like ending the first quarter of the season, what do you expect as something like what do you think might change or even something you think that even if someone question it staying the same, what do you think is like what's one thing you're gonna your one prediction for the quarter going forward? I think Atlanta moves up a little bit. Okay, so you're, you're you think that this is not some this is not just an early season trend. Do you think that there's a chance that they are a playoff team this year? Yeah, I think so. I think they'll be really fun. I like that. I, that that would be a ton of fun. My prediction. Hmm, what do I want to predict? <laughs> well, you know, I'll just be biased. I, I think Connecticut's going to remain right where they are. I think that. We Bailey almost broke the podcast laughing last week whenever I referred to it as the monster lineup. But my article is going to come out at this point. I think it's probably going to come out tomorrow. But talking about why I think it's going to work, and I, I promise you that's not just Homer stuff. I actually, I think that they're starting to figure it out. And even if this is something of a hot take, I, I think we've seen it in a number of leagues or sorry, with a number of teams across both the men's and women's league, sometimes your best player is not always your necessary leader. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing here, right? Is that I think that John Quill Jones is probably the best player on this team, but this is Alyssa Thomas's team. And I don't necessarily think that's bad for everybody involved. Cause I think we saw in the playoffs last year when John Quell kind of looked out of sorts, I don't think that was just because she was just playing with Alyssa Thomas I think she kind of honestly maybe looked a little bit exhausted from the season that was about her running through the league so I think that all of this is actually going to bode well for Connecticut so call me a homer if you want but I actually I, I actually believe it I promise I mean yeah we'll see I mean at this point it is what it is I mean I, I do agree with what you said but it's like I mean once everybody learns how to play with each other then we'll see yeah yeah but that uh, I know it's a little bit of a quicker podcast this week. I think that kind of does it for the early week pod. Definitely check back for later in the week when we are, when we're going to kind of dig into that to our one singular issue of the week. And maybe by then there'll be some other news. It doesn't help that uh, the end of last week where we would typically cover news, it all broke right before we recorded last week, as opposed to over the weekend. So we talked about the Marianne Stanley and stuff like that last week. So kind of limited a lot of the news that we were able to talk about, but uh Definitely. Oh, I guess I guess we can talk about this as well because we shared it on this on on the site's Twitter. But uh, I, what are you? We should. I, to me, I think we should probably talk about this every week at this point. What did you make of uh, the statement by NECA about uh, BG and how it seems now there is increased pressure from the W on the White House and and everything to it, now we're not we're not going to just stop talking about it. It's, it's it's let's talk about it and let's let's push this forward. Yeah, I mean, I think it was great that that she said that because, I mean, at this point, I mean, one day is too long, but, you know, 100? Yeah. Like, I understood it at the beginning where they made the logic leap of, or, and, like, 
when we were told from the family, like the family said, don't talk about it or whatever, because they had been told that if we make a big deal or we talk about it constantly, that makes it seem to Russia that, oh, well, if she's being like responded to in this way that we can ask for more in mm-hmm. an exchange that's already happened even without this happening and the only person that has been hurt by not the only person but the person that's mostly been hurt by this is Brittany Griner it's hurting her it's hurting her family it's hurting her loved ones and it's I mean it's I, I don't necessarily like and I, I know that it's tough right i know that there was demands for certain level of criminals to be released and i I understand the reticence to do that but at the same time this is a citizen of our country being what appears to be and what our government is calling unlawfully held Mm -hmm. there's no reason to stop talking about it bring her home sign the petition do what you can to bring her home and at the end of the day like that's i mean I, i i'm I save my political opinions for Twitter, but at the end of the day, like that's why we vote for these officials to protect our citizens and do the right thing. So it's, it's time to take action. Yeah. Well, they could take action on a lot of things, but, um, you're right. I mean, yes, I I can, there's obviously no arguing that, but, but yeah, basically a hundred days is too long. Yeah. And right now it doesn't feel like there's an end in sight. Like, yeah because he, like i haven't seen obviously I, I think it feels like every team and player and everything like that has made a statement at this point i've not seen a response from our government and some of that is because like a lot of things have to go on behind closed doors but when the when britney's wife is coming out and saying that necessarily she like we're she's doing this because or like we're, she's having the players association and things do this because she's having trouble getting in touch with the president i know it's tough not everybody can have an audience with the president but whenever your loved ones are a political prisoner you'd think you'd have some sort of line of communication yeah so i just something something has to change it's it's time to bring her home and i i just i, I obviously just want everyone to be okay i'll, I'll be writing on this again as well i, I because I, I don't think we can talk about this enough I, not that there's ever really anything new to say but that does not mean that there's not time to make a call to action um on that somber note we will be back with you later this week uh, the full crew will be back, and uh, Chris, enjoy your birthday. Oh, thank you. When this this will come out tomorrow, so that tomorrow is your birthday, correct? Correct. But doing anything fun and exciting, or just kind of you know letting the calendar roll by? Um, no, we're gonna go to like Atlanta to do some stuff. Nice, nice. We'll enjoy. Uh, I look forward to hearing about it, and we will talk to you later this week on Rebel Edition. Wow.